Welcome to the Healthcare Marketing Underground Podcast for the week of October 19, 2015. This is episode 274, and I am Chris Bevelo, EVP at Revive Health. With me today live and in studio are Chris Boyer, SVP of Digital and Creative for Revive Health. And Jackie Olson, Traffic Manager with Revive Health. What up, yo? Good morning. What up? How is everybody on this fine morning? Pretty good. It's beautiful. For Monday. Beautiful here in Minneapolis. It is beautiful in weather. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like fall. I love it. It's so peak. It is fall. The colors like are fall. out it there. It is fall. I know. Yeah, no, you're right. It <laughs> is. It's very fall-like but around here. But it's very <laughs> colorful out there, so I really enjoy that. It is yeah. colorful, and it's beautiful weather. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What else is going on? Getting ready for Halloween? Got your costumes picked out? I am not going to be anything, but my daughter is going to be a turkey. Nice. <laughs> nice. A little turkey. Nice. What's a little turkey called? A chicklet? A gobbler? A chicklet? <laughs> <laughs> I used to eat those when I was a kid. A turkey. Oh. Chew them. The chicklet gums. <laughs> I know. Nice. I thought you meant baby turkeys. <laughs> it's nice. got to have a name, right? What's a baby chicken? Is that a... Oh, no. Chickadee? Now, now we have to Google that, turkey, don't we? A turklet. Don't Google it. Dude, don't Google it. Gosh, you're always going to Google. I don't like that when you're, <laughs> point, when you're trying to think of something and people jump right to their Googles, their phones. What would it be? I don't know. Well, baby, it'd be a chick. It'd be a chick. Know. Baby turkey? Uh, if it's like a chicken. I, I, I think it's a turklet. It's a, f- a, f- a flock of chickens. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? It's a flock of turkeys, I'm pretty sure. What what is a flock of tur- what? No, I don't know. Did you go ahead? A tell baby us what turkey you found is called a poult, as cr- in poultry, P O U L T. That's a baby turkey. According to what? According to babyanimalnames.com, <laughs> which <laughs> the, has the, its own domain. That <laughs> and oh by gosh. the way, a baby whale is a calf, which you guys. Okay, we don't like. need to go any further. Okay. Well, what are you guys going to? Unless be you're going to be a baby whale for. No, Halloween. I was thinking of, of, of being uh, um, beluga. Being no, being a California inmate fighting fires. So wearing an orange jumpsuit with, you heard about this, right? That they're no. actually deploying California um, inmates to fight some of the fires. Wow. No, I didn't know that. Because yeah. they're short of people? Because, uh, yeah, they're short of people. And that's, yeah. And is this like a Halloween costume they're selling in stores? Well, I, I think it might make for a good Halloween costume, right? Orange jumpsuit and a fire hat. Wow. That's awesome. Right. <laughs> you guys are non-plush. <laughs> Bevelo is speechless, which is rare. Yeah, I don't have anything and on that. next, what are you going <laughs> <for? laughs> I'm like I'm not gonna be anything either. Not this year. Oh, okay. Last year I dressed up in a hot dog suit and gave out raw hot dogs. You did to not kids give out. Who came ra- to your door? Yeah, I had a bowl of. It was the grossest thing I've ever seen. It was like a bowl with like forty hot dogs sitting in it, and I would hand it out to them. Nice. Were parents like, let's stay away from this house next year, kids? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> did they actually take them? Well, if they would usually be the, the reaction would be repulsion, followed by "woo, I want one," because they got the humor immediately. So actually, I had to like pull it back from kids that want to grab one, because <laughs> yeah, right. they were like all glistening. You know, how hot dogs look. Yeah. Wow, They're glistening. Shiny. There's our podcast title: Glistening Hot Dogs. <laughs> That'll get some good SEO something. juice. Yeah, well, glistening yeah, well. wieners. Nice. I didn't say that. <laughs> I well, said that's glistening a name for hot, a hot dogs. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> you said that, Jackie. Well, I had oh, to. Wow. We can't have that as a podcast title. We're gonna okay. explicit that from one iTunes. We can. <laughs> God, I'm never going to be able to use the word glistening again. <laughs> All right. Um, we have an agenda we're just going to not, we're going to ignore utterly. And we're going to <laughs> talk about Shishmid, which was last week. Hopefully, this podcast gets up this week. So it's not like yeah. three week old news by the time you hear this <laughs> about Shishmid. But 
Chris Boyer and I were at Shushman. Mm-hmm. Jack, you didn't get to go this year. No. Um, and we were also um, joined by Megan Pruce and, no, Malia Rising and Nicole Mraz. Mm-hmm. Megan was supposed to go, but she couldn't go from our health system team. So, right. Um, Where was it again? It was in Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, cool venue? Uh, nope. <laughs> I, did you say cool venue? Yeah. No, I don't think it was a cool venue. Why? I think, it, well, because I th- it was um, off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't oh, near really? anything. Um, like not walking distance to restaurants and bars and stuff? No, no, there was stuff to, to walk to, but okay. not, I mean, you're in D.C. Right. So it'd be like kind of kind of like we were in Staten Island in New York City or you could walk to things, but not the things you'd want to see if you're in Washington, oh. D.C. So, okay. and also it was just kind of a mediocre facility. I mean, it was okay, mm-hmm. but what would you say anything different? No, I would agree with you. Yeah, I, I, th- I mean, it was, it was, it was not bad, it, but I've, there've been better locations and mm-hmm. uh, the whole point of it being away from sort of, you know, DC proper. And I can understand why it was a big conference cost wise. Cost wise there were a lot of people there. Like definitely bigger than previous year- years. Um, I think it was kind of normal size. I mean, okay. I think there was 1800 people or something mm-hmm. total with vendors and speakers and everybody. Mm-hmm. It's pretty substantial. Yeah, it was substantial. <laughs> <laughs> it was substantial, but you, you only got the feel of it when you went to the main sessions where right. it was kind of this cavernous, huge hall. Um, I actually like the main area that they had the general mm-hmm. sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, so what should we talk about first? Should we talk about the general sessions first? Yeah, let's talk about the general sessions. Uh, I don't think you and I saw as many as others. I saw um, Ian McKellen. No, Ian Morrison. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I saw Gandalf. <laughs> Ian Morrison, who's a what a he a self-prescribed healthcare futurist, and he works for what is it the Institute of Future or something like the that? Institute or? The, the Institute of the Future. Institute of the Future. Yeah, he actually made fun of that. Uh, that yeah, it was, he was good. But he was, was actually awesome. really good. He looked into a lot of the kind of the healthcare trends, of looking at to see what you know all the different changes that are impacting healthcare, the influx of uh, providers. He kept saying, "Follow the patients and follow the money." That's really where the future trends are lying. You know, which I don't know if that's really insightful, but. No, he did. He said that. He repeated it. But mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't think that's like you walk away and go, now I know how to. Right. 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 Actually, I don't know that I'd follow the patients because I don't I think the patients are like the last, <laughs> the last group of people to actually feel the change in healthcare. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you're going to be you're, the impact of whatever's coming is going to be um, that's you're going to hit it, feel it last if you're a patient. That's what I feel like. Well, but I think his point wasn't his point more, and and maybe I, I don't want to be too much of a contrarian to your to your position because right. I agree with you um, to a certain extent in terms of purchasing patterns and consumerism with uh, consumers. But his point was that there's a lot of differentiation in, um, or there will be differentiation in the patient experience, and so really listening to how the patients are. Um, uh, to what that or really following what that patient experience is and looking mm-hmm. at that as like sort of um, a differentiator in the future. See, uh, but that's not following the patient, is it? That's following somebody who's creating experience for them. I guess I'm more of a Steve Jobs kind of guy. Like Steve Jobs would never say follow the consumer because the consumer is the last to know. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think that's what his point was too. But I don't I don't know if I agree with it. No. Hmm. But I mean, maybe I'm being too contrary. Follow the money. I agree with completely. <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. Completely agree with yeah. that part of it. Right. He's um, they've had Yui um, Reinhardt, who's a a, na- a globally known economist mm-hmm. on healthcare, speak, and they're they're very similar. Um, both really smart and 
good sense of humor. So I thought it was good, though. It's always good to have those things to kind of mm-hmm. remind you of what's coming. And I'm trying to think if there's anything in his presentation that was particularly awe-inspiring. I liked how his, he boiled down how to use, was it the ACA or the exchanges? It was the exchanges. Mm-hmm. He boiled it down to um, figure out what diseases you're going to have in the coming year. Um, find a find a find a network provider that will cover those insurances. Find a hospital, plan, yeah, plan uh, that has yeah, that an insurance person. that will cover that. A hospital that does it really well. And then when you find out that they don't cover, like handle your disease, go back and start and do number one over again. <laughs> Which just is re- figure re- out re- what plan, your disease are. Replan how you're going to get sick again. <laughs> so yeah, right. it was. It, yeah, it's so true. Yeah, it is. But uh, yeah, he was. I thought he was actually really good. I mean, he he really showed some um, good future mm-hmm. trends and things. And he was he was he had brevity. And he was nice. the very first one. He led the whole conference. Mm-hmm. He started the whole conference mm-hmm. off. And then there was okay. um, a pair of women the next morning for the general session that was about storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, C to C plus quality on that one. Okay. Um, but again, my opinion, but. Mm-hmm. One of the women was not a good speaker. She just kind of just started off and kind of was tripping over herself and didn't really get you interested. And then, um, you know, she stopped a few times like, now what was the point I was going to make here? And she just kind of paused. And there's like 1,200 people in the audience just going, <laughs> oh, okay, no. what is it? When you figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and their, and their content, um, it's interesting because I don't think their content was anything groundbreaking, but I've leveraged it many times since I saw it. Mm-hmm. It was about storytelling and, you know, like, what do you need for storytelling? You need a plot. You need a narrative. You need characters. Mm-hmm. You need, you know, motivation, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of one-on-one. And they right. shared, like, these advertisements. Um, and in many ways, they were talking about content marketing, but without using those words. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. I felt it was kind of not as good what was your thought of? did you see that one you did i did i saw well i let's say i saw three quarters of it by the by the end i actually was p- pulled into a meeting but i i really felt yeah it was kind of retraining a lot of the stuff that um around content marketing that we we all kind of have been talking about for a while mm-hmm. um, and doing I, in, in good stories i mean very compelling stories that they were sharing but you know in terms of it was very simplistic in terms of how to set up your storytelling approach. And so that was kind of a challenge. And then that led to the other keynote at lunch was, uh, Kevin O'Leary from shark tank. I actually sat and watched him. How was that? I I missed that. Yeah. Yeah. Is he the the mean one? Yeah. Mr. Wonderful. They call him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I kind of like that show. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, it was interesting because he was, he, he did talk a lot about, uh, sort of the success of, of businesses coming on to shark tank and how, um, the lessons can be learned from them. Yeah. Um, and uh, which was interesting if you think about it in this way. It's like if you're lucky enough to be chosen for Shark Tank, then you'll do very well. It's kind of hard to kind of pinpoint success, mm-hmm. you know, on the fact that you were featured on a, you know, a national broadcast television show. Um, right. He did he did talk about healthcare a little bit, um, went into uh, went into the sort of the it's a uh, where where you should invest your money if you're investing in healthcare because he's very much an investor, mm-hmm. you know. So in that regard, I think it was okay. Um, was he mean? Uh, he was he was he was kind of a jerk, yeah. But that's his style, right? That's I mean, what he but does. But he did come across that way. Yeah, he did. He yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah, and um, you know, I think a lot of people really enjoyed it. They were, I mean, it's very much you know, he was like the big celebrity of the 
of the event right because they always have one big celebrity and he was that and and certainly the questions at the end were all about him and his celebrity status and not so much about you know like what he was talking about so oh, his lessons and success and what what again is his claim to fame yeah good question just investing uh, yeah well <laughs> i mean yeah he's an investor he's always been an investor and um he's done very well uh, in, in a variety right. of different portfolios. And then he was one of the first founders of Shark Tank. It was one of his ideas. Mm-hmm. So, um, What's his name again? Kevin O'Leary. Right. He's yeah. always, see, and I know so many people who don't watch that show because they think he's so mean. He yeah. is kind of the meanest one on the show. Kind of is. But I still kind of like that show. Kind of is. But he did, sh- he did share one success story of a, of a cupcake manufacturer in Boston that makes their cupcakes and ships them in mason jars. And it was, and I didn't know about it before. I know it was a big success, so I actually went up and, and went online and bought some. Oh, look at you! Yeah, I know. And so Their it worked. Their sales spiked after. So Shishman. it worked. Their sales <laughs> must have spiked after. <laughs> the the afternoon speaker that day was um, Eric Reese, who wrote Lean Startup, which was really, that was actually really good. Um, that was and and the book Lean Startup is about you know how you look at um, improving your organization to make it more um, make it more efficient. Um, show, mm. sharing some of the successes of the whole concept of lean within a startup model. Um, and he wrote a very popular book about that. And he shared a lot of great examples and tips oh, cool. that were, were very helpful. Chris, you, you say you own the book. You haven't read it yet, though. Yeah, right? and I can't find it. I think right. it's a hardback, which is why I can't find it. Mm-hmm. If I'm reading it, it's probably on my Kindle, and I lose track of my real books. So it's probably it's on in the basement bedside. somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't usually buy books unless they're on a Kindle, so I don't know why I can't find it. Yeah. I so, definitely have heard of it. You know, focusing on rapid rapid prototyping, um, when you're making things, te- often testing it with your market, um, even prior to when it's like 100% done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, different, and, and it was really interesting if you can start to apply that to uh, marketing campaigns. In some cases, you can, you know, a lot of people, they want to go big first time out and they want to make sure it's powerful successful when they when they launch marketing campaigns and his suggestion was it was interesting it was aligned very much closely to some of the things that we talk about of Mm -hmm. focusing on targeting your your communications focusing on a smaller a smaller impact and grow incrementally and learn from your lessons and go back and test and measure and Mm -hmm. and all those things so i thought it was really that one i really kind of geeked out on a little bit so that was a fun that was a fun session for me and i did not catch the 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 two sessions on the last day in general so did you yeah. guys go to a lot of breakout sessions? Is that what they still yeah, call them? Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. Uh, yeah. Your enthusiasm <laughs> is palpable. Well, I mean, normally I don't, I mean, the last few years I haven't even had a chance. I mean, we, we um, mm-hmm. exhibited the la- two years in a row doing this podcast from the show. That's so right. that makes you really busy. <clears throat> even though those are going on outside of the sessions, it's hard to get to sessions or from sessions and be able to do that. Yeah. So, and also I just have usually lots of people to meet with, which I did this time too, but because we weren't speaking, Chris and I weren't speaking and we mm-hmm. didn't do the podcast, there was time to go see some mm-hmm. breakouts. And yeah, I was disappointed. I have to say mm-hmm. I was disappointed. I went, um, I went to two Monday and I was so disappointed that I'm like, I didn't go Tuesday. Um, and, and it was a couple different experiences, but the common experience I had was, um, basically bait and switch is what I would call it. So you read a description and you might even know who the people are and you go expecting to hear about that thing and they cover it for like five minutes and then they, the rest of the time is something different or really? filler. 
Not yeah. about themselves, but different content. Just, yeah, like one of them I went to see, um, the speakers were really good. I, I know both of the people. Right. Um, the topic was about, you know, kind of integrating your CRM. Uh, and I felt like the speakers were good, but they didn't even, they didn't really talk about how to integrate the CRM. They talked about how to use the CRM in mm-hmm. one example, which I'm like, that's the opposite of integrating. Right. You didn't integrate it. You right. used it in one isolated thing. <laughs> right. I'm like, that's why I came here. Cause I've heard, I know how to use a CRM. Right. And we've been hearing that, that for years. Mm-hmm. So, but I also know that most systems struggle with mm-hmm. integrating CRM across their marketing discipline, using it. Um, like their left hand, you know, just like instead of having like, oh, we're going to let's do this CRM effort. And it's like this isolated deal, how you integrate it into everything you're doing is a trick. Mm-hmm. So right. when I see this from people that I respect and think, yeah, these guys probably could have pulled that off. And then basically they're like 101 CRM. Mm-hmm. Right. Here's how we used it in one campaign. I thought, God, that's just that's bad. And then the other one was oh, the web one. The other one was um, I think it was summed up in Ed Bennett's tweet. Well, this was about digital. This was about your digital team, which we spent a lot of time mm-hmm. working with health systems on how do you integrate digital in your right. department? How do you restructure for the new paradigm? And this was about that, except for they spent, again, like five minutes on that. Um, their advice regarding that was bad advice. I won't get into it because I don't want to pick on the people. And the rest of it was just blah. It was like, like the, surfacey. Oh my gosh, yeah, like very. just kind of like we were joking before the podcast. Oh, you know, newsflash, millennials use the internet to search for health information. That's kind of what it was. Right. It was like 20 minutes of that. And it's like, you know, what, I look at my clock, I'm like, my watch, I'm like, what is this, 2011? What? Right. We know all this. You don't have to prep us with all this digital's important. And then, like, in five minutes ago, and therefore, we did ABC. And then poof, moved along, and <laughs> you're like, wait a second. They showed a slide of their organizational chart that was completely legible, and that was the other you know people everybody right. I talked oh, to yeah. complained about the if one more person says I know you can't see this slide, you can't read this slide. What do you mean by legible? Like you could see names? No, like it's so small you can't read what's on yeah, it. They oh, showed an org chart and you couldn't see any of the titles. Even the general know. session people did yeah. that multiple yeah. times. Oh, that's like I know you can't see the slide. Well, then why is it in there? <laughs> It's not because we're in a big room, <laughs> yeah. because they're bigger screens, right? That is the worst when people present and they're like, I know oh. you can't see this at all, but it's here. It's bad. Yeah. So anyway, that was my, those are the two I went to. And then I'm like, no, I'm not wasting any more of my time. It's really, it is a crapshoot. And when you spend a lot of time picking the sessions out to say, the, I know these people, I want this topic. I'm going to mm-hmm. devote my mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And it's a letdown like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, kind of. It kind of makes you not want to spend any more time with it. That's that's right, and, and it was a very hit or miss. It depends on who the speakers were, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, quite frankly, it got to the point where I just was like, okay, I'm going to go see this person because I know them and I know they're a good speaker. And even though you know they they may have covered topics that I've seen before, which some of them did, um, it was at least you know for me uh, enjoyable to see them speak because they're good speakers. Right. But I have to say that the quality of the content was really the ones that I chose were mm-hmm. were probably mischosen. Yeah, me. I mean, I w- I've been to Shushmid besides this year, gosh, maybe like five, six years. Mm-hmm. And the value to me mm-hmm. or, you know, and the people I always went with, I felt like it was the networking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we did exhibit and stuff, mm-hmm. just being able to, like, connect with people. And then you guys did the boat cruise this year, didn't you? Or no, was not it not? this year. We didn't do this year. This year we actually did an evening event with uh, Dueling Pianos. It was kind of fun. Oh, that's Yeah, that right. was really fun. Yeah. Okay, but you did do an event, like a networking event. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We did, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. With our, with our 
the same folks who've done it before, and it was it was a good time. And oh, fun. There's video out there. You haven't seen the video? Oh, You've no. seen the video. <laughs> Please don't see the well, video. Well, I saw the dancing video. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm talking oh, about. Mr. Boyer. <laughs> Boyer bringing back I didn't Rudy. see a dueling piano in there, though. I just saw... They were, yeah, it was, but it was fun. I think that that ultimately is what it is, Jackie, as the networking was yeah. far over... Um, in this case, it overshadowed the rest of the event. Mm-hmm. The, the interactions that you have with people that you work with, that you see, that you know, mm-hmm. um, that becomes... That became really the the draw, and it, as it is a lot with these conferences. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, and so, yeah, I, I I mean, it's 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 hard to to determine nowadays what's what makes for a better conference, the content or the networking. And in this case, the networking surely was was mm-hmm. it really for me exceeded everything. Right. You know. So. Yeah, I've always kind of felt that way about Shishmid, but. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. But I, but that said, I think it makes it worthwhile. And Shishma does a great job too. Sometimes, well, in most years of their networking events, yeah. Like I think last yeah. year it was in Chicago, and what's that ship? Was it? No, we were in San Diego. Shed Aquarium. Oh, the Shed Aquarium is fun. And then last year we toured that ship. Aircraft carrier. Aircraft carrier thing. Yeah. It was really well done. I That's mean, they cool. ha- they do have some good networking events. They do. Yeah, and the, this so. year was at the Museum, which is right downtown, which is kind of nice. Okay. Hmm? And you did that too. We did. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was nice. <laughs> It was good. No, it okay. was good. No, no, no. And I, I mean, I was. It was great for me because I got to see some people I used to work with at Innova too, and so. Oh, you that's know, right. That's yeah. like your hood. That was yeah. It was my hood for a couple <laughs> years. Yeah. <laughs> so. Forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fun. That's right. So overall, I would give the event. What should we probably should we a B? I w- yeah, I was going to say B minus for me. It's. I mean, shish, I mean, you can't always be the best shishmet ever. Right. No. And maybe it was for other people. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you pick and choose your experiences. And I know that I was in one of the sessions I described. There was a, another session going on, and I was waffling between the two, and I went with the one that I'm like, nope, I really want to understand this. And it failed me, yeah, but the other one apparently was great. I'm yeah. like, so I'm sure there were great sessions, and we mm-hmm. just missed them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. But I remember when you do get into one of those sessions that you think is going to be great, and then you get into it, and... You don't want to like leave five minutes in, but you can just immediately tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like oh, I just have to stick it out here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're like, okay, I'll give it ten more minutes, and then ten <laughs> right. more minutes, and you're like, well, I'm now fifteen minutes into this. You know, right, yeah. <laughs> there was those points, yeah, where you really. Well, you yeah. were gonna say Ed Bennett's. Yeah, Ed Bennett's tweet was actually probably in the in one of the digital marketing ones we went into. Ed was there, and he's you know a colleague and friend of mine, and he in the middle of this he tweeted out, I didn't realize there were teaching web 101 at shishmed still teaching <laughs> still teaching web 101 at shishmed then he closed up his computer and walked out and i was like wow <laughs> that's like it's making a point he's made he made a point he like threw down the mic you know <laughs> yeah. and that tweet was retweeted like i don't know oh was it yeah like, i mean i'm not surprised but yeah so yeah anyway yeah but we're not to i mean there's always next year, right? Oh, always. No, I know. It sounds like we're really being critical, but, yeah. you know, yeah. it's always worthwhile to go to. Sure. It's the event of the season. Right. There are always pluses and minuses to every yeah. conference, right. I would argue. Right. Yes. Yeah. Sweet. So there we go. Okay. All so right. next on the agenda. Do we have a few minutes to talk about I the spaced. blog post? Yeah, so you've got a blog post you want to tell us about Yeah, I wrote it. a blog post about... Where can people find it? They can find it on uh, thinkrevivehealth.com. you got to give them more direction than that. And then you... Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm picking on our picking on our own selves there. Absolutely, because our website sometimes is hard to navigate. 
Um, we're working the, on it. We're working on it. Yeah, exactly. And and that's part of the point here, you know, is that um, the a blog post I actually wrote is called "Your Website Is Your Most Valuable Employee," and it, it actually stems from a lot of different things, which is uh, from obviously my experience in the past working with websites for health systems, but also now here at Revive when we're working with health services companies and healthcare IT companies, that we find that um, the website and and Chris, this is your quote, right? The, your 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 website is the sun in your digital. Universe is that what you said or solar system? No, dude, don't you know astronomy? It's solar system, really. It's the sun <laughs> in your marketing solar system. It's, so, it's the sun in your marketing solar system. Which, well, I actually think it's it's the it's the sun of your universe too. But that's I mean, but it, you know, but whatever. It's chaos, man. It's chaos. Yeah. Solar system is organized and yeah. No, I agree. And that actually that point actually makes a lot of sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of it in front of your your marketing solar system. But um, when we work with other clients, uh, a lot of our other clients also have other, you know, they're looking at the website from in different angles as well, from a PR perspective, from a sales perspective, from a, a patient experience perspective. Mm-hmm. And as I was thinking more and more about this, you know, it, 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 it's true that it's the sun in your marketing solar system, but really your sun is probably, I'm sorry, your website <laughs> is probably, <laughs> is your most valuable employee at your organization, right. if you think about it. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote a blog post about that, about, and not only does it, does all your marketing circulate around it, but, um, uh, the points I make in the article is that your website's always there. It's sort of like the person that greets you at the front door of your hospital, or it's the mm-hmm. person that greets you, you know, when you call up um, on the call on the phone. Your website's always on, and so it's where people turn to at all different types times of day, all different hours. Even when your call center is closed and your your doors are locked, right. your website is a place where people can go to, and 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 that's and and that's really should be an experience, part of the experience that they have with your organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one of the first points I make is that you know when wh- however they're coming to you, if they're coming through you know your computers or your la- um, your your phone or or whatever it might be that your website's always got to be there and it's got to greet them, it's got to be friendly, it's got to be helpful and guide them along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, the other point about it is obviously your marketer, right? It being your best marketer. And uh, to this point is is that your website markets when your marketers don't market. When you do not have campaigns in the market, many people turn to your website in that time of need. So, you know, right. if you're in a health system and you're, you know, you may go into the market with a, with a campaign around cardiac care or, or, or what have you and that hits the market uh, in a very in a very um in a very vertical way right and it goes up really high you're really saturated in that market but in in a horizontal way your website's always omnipresent there and people are always going to turn to it mm-hmm. to uh, get information about you your differentiators why why um why you know and and make it you want to make it easy for them you want to make it your best marketer right uh, and then even further to extend the the analogy of your best employee is that it's also your best PR professional your website's there when the media turns to your to, turns to your organization to get you know in latest news. Um, many people get into brand journalism and they they create a lot of good content that that's designed to be earned or owned or what have you. But your website is really the place where where it's a platform to kind of um, highlight all that. And you want to make your website easy for people to get news about you, even in the event of a crisis. Right. Um, they're going to turn to you. Uh, you know, when you hear about things that happen at particular organizations, uh, usually what happens is you you Google that, uh, you, you go online to research about that. You end up, you turn to their website first to see what the latest breaking news is, the most valid, up-to-date news. Mm-hmm. So I talk about that. 
And then lastly, and in, in health systems world, this isn't maybe a, a forboten word, but I say your website's your best salesperson. And, and people don't like to think about sales, right. right, in this case. But the whole point here is that it helps with demand generation. It helps with lead generation. Your website, there are tools now that can actually allow you to uh, um, have your website reflect exactly what um, what that customer is on in terms of their, their journey. In mm-hmm. this case, the patient journey through your website. Your, uh, the patient journey online. Mm-hmm. Your website can actually reflect that and start sharing personalized information, helping them guide their, guide their solutions, their decisions, helping them lead closer and closer ultimately to care. Mm-hmm. And in the you know, and when you're a B two B company, it's it's even more omnipresent in this regard, right? Is that you could your website is designed to be, um, to be that. So, right. yeah. So to recap, your websites are important. It's it's very important, <laughs> and and people need to nope. realize that. No, why? So why? What spurred you to write this, Chris? Do you feel like people don't get that, or is this for non-system audiences? I mean, what? I, I think I think what spawned what caused me to write it is I get uh, there's there's a lot of uh, for okay so health systems definitely they kind of struggle occasionally to see the value of their website and sure. I think that's starting to change a little bit but um, they they you know a lot of times the website is kind of seen as sort of the after effect of a lot of different different things mm-hmm. that I like you have a good quote about what websites are not which I think is what your blog post answers do you know what do you remember what that is you say that all the time. Your website is not your org chart. Oh yeah, your website is not your org chart. So, but that's where right. health systems kind of a lot yeah. of times think like, well, this is just a catalog of everything we do, and that's right. what it needs to be. Mm-hmm. It's not a brochure, right? Yeah. So that in that regard, from a health systems mm-hmm. perspective, that certainly is that. And from other companies that actually serve health companies, they look at their website as also sort of like that online brochure, and it's all it's very much secondary to um, a lot of their marketing and communications activities. Mm-hmm. From my perspective, your website should be a foundational thing that you look at um, and 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 want to ensure that it's it's complementing all of your marketing and communications right. needs. A lot of times they say, okay, well, we're gonna go we're gonna go do our marketing, we're gonna do our PR first, and then we'll come around to doing the website. And I'm thinking, well, that's you're kind of putting the cart before the horse in that regard mm-hmm. you need to have your website ready to support your communication efforts so i really you know it's it's to me it's it's kind of a frustration when they relegate website as being secondary right. to other things and i'm not saying that everyone needs to build a website first but they kind of do in this day and <laughs> age actually you, you kind of have to have a website <laughs> and you should have a website that actually that makes, ref- sense. That, that makes sense and mm-hmm. it has and, and you know, and working with with Chris for all these years, we, I mean, we've kind of culled together a list of sort of the best things or the best our points of view around websites. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it really it's it's frustrating and challenging to me when and, and I do this all the time when I see marketing campaigns out there. I go to their website to see how their website is supporting that, and I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, your website is your most frequented marketing tactic. Right. That's out there, even when you're not promoting it. Right. And you should be spending that time to kind of put that first and foremost, mm-hmm. um, and at least spending the time to to tweak it, to update it, to improve it. So, but yeah, that's legit. Websites, websites, mm-hmm. gotta have them. Yeah, can't live without them. I mean, yeah, who? Uh, imagine a company that doesn't have a website. Does well, that who, even happen but anymore? Yeah, why? Well, that's just like imagine a company that doesn't have any employees. 
Exactly. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the point. But, the, but no, that, what, I don't understand the point of that. Well, that there are companies out there that really fake. Oh, the website's not that important. No one uses. Oh our no, website. that's different. That's right? a different thing. Like there are. Yeah, I don't know that. It, I don't know in the hospital world that that's the case. That anyone doesn't have a website. I mean, we work with all kinds of companies, not just health systems. So I think in in other fields, it's more of an issue. But I don't ever. I don't ever. I think. It's not that they don't. Obviously, they all have. Every hospital has a website, and every hospital believes their website's important. But to the degree that they believe it's important, and are willing to invest in it and prioritize it over other things, that is an open question. Right. Um, and how they actually go about building a website that supports what they're trying to do is an open question. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think all of that is important, and you would never hire somebody important in your organization that you just go, hey, you know, they're okay. I'm just going to bring them in. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> right. right. But people seem to maybe take that approach sometimes with, with websites. So if it's their best employee, you wouldn't treat your website that mm-hmm. way. That's a good point. So okay. I'm, s- I'm sorry. I just got distracted. I had some really, really good news. Can you share it on the podcast? I think I can. Are you sure? I am absolutely certain. Because we don't have to go back and edit this. We won't have to I'm edit nervous. this. I know, me too. I think you should I hold mean, it off it, for the podcast now. It what? Hold it off? Yeah. Don't say it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it. Okay. Who knows what it is? <laughs> well, now everyone, we're just gonna leave everyone. Well, we'll tell people next time. All right, we'll tell. Hey, we, <laughs> now we, okay. <laughs> so we all have to come up with something that's great news, other than Chris Boyer's bombshell, which we don't know what that is, as we close out our show. Oh man. I have some great news. Oh. The, the leftovers <laughs> is back on, and Fargo's back on. And Walking Dead's back on. And I we're back in, to the TV I am in TV shows. heaven. Well, I'm just trying to pull us out of the <laughs> abyss right now. <laughs> well, it's a good news abyss. Okay, so what's your good news? I ain't got none. Your daughter's going to be a polt for Halloween? <laughs> a polt. <laughs> I thought it was like a polk. Polt, like poultry. Oh. oh, like a polk. Unless you call it polkery. She's a little turkey. A lull with a, a with an apostrophe. It literally says that on the coat pocket. L I L apostrophe turkey. Why does it need? To, why does there need to be a label that you cannot tell she's a turkey? No, but it's just cute that she's a lull turkey. <laughs> Again, <laughs> redundant. She's a baby. Anyway, but I'm for some fun, reason that makes I'm the costume, fun of the costume people, not you. <laughs> great you news is Halloween is near. Halloween that is great candy. News, but breaking news. Candy. Breaking news. CNN reporting Halloween is two weeks away. What's your big news over there that's not whatever you're just going to drop on everybody? <laughs> um, big news for me. What is it? Um, it's, uh, uh, I don't know. This just in. This just in. Chris Bover. Pumpkin spice lattes have dairy store. in them. What? And I can't have pumpkin spice lattes. Oh, that's not good news. That's <laughs> bad oh, you news. want <laughs> Dr. Oz. <laughs> Up next, Dr. Oz on why you can't drink pump and spice latte <laughs> if, you have, if you're lactose intolerant. That is one of the best. You got no good news. You got nothing. I do have good news. No, but you can't share <laughs> whatever that is. Great news! It's fall around here. It's fall. Yeah, it's like fall. It's, it's fall like. It's, it's fallish. Like CNN, this just in. It's like fall right it's now. It's fall like in Minnesota. <laughs> All right, that was a really cumbersome end. Sorry, that was my fault. That's right. I thought you were there. a jazz musician. 
I am. Come a jazz on, you're musician. supposed to be able to improv. Scat dooby doo. <laughs> I throw you. A, I throw you a, a jingle, and you're like, oh. No, I got. I, I can't drink pumpkin spice latte. No, no. I, the good news is I went to Fairbowl Woolen Mills, and I got a really nice wool. There you go. Blanket. They are the best wool blankets. I'm ready for Minnesota That's winter nice. now. Well, it is interesting that you can qualify a wool blankets like they are the best. Uh, there are like well, you, you know how wool blankets are typically kind of itchy and not yes, okay. comfy. Yeah. These are not. These okay. are well worth the millions of dollars that you have to spend to buy one. Okay, excellent. So that's good news. A cuddly that's wool blanket. News. That's good news. They're really nice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> can we be done? Yeah, we yes, should be, we done can now. be done. We have to be done. All <laughs> that right. was awkward. <laughs> it was. A, that was a really. That was like a petering out right there. <laughs> wow. We could call that this podcast too. Petering out. Peter, don't combine those two names though. I don't even know what you're trying to say. The other name that we suggested earlier. I oh still yeah, don't we know. can't. Yeah, we have a few podcast names. I don't we even can't remember what that was. Thankfully, okay. Yep. For the health ground healthcare marketing underground podcast. Did I say health ground? <laughs> I like that. We should call us the Health Ground Podcast, <laughs> covering ground and healthcare. The this is <laughs> this is Chris Bevelo, Chris Boyer, Jackie Olson. Talk to you next time.